Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So it's Halloween time. It's May's favorite time of the year. It's not. We're going to celebrate by watching the scariest movie that we own, What We Do on the Shadows. Which links into this review of Thor because Taika directed both of them. He did. You know, it's funny that I like that movie because there are two big jump scares in it. Always get me. I know I was prepared last time we watched it. I was just looking away already, <laughs> waiting for it to happen. By the might of Mion here, this is I Only Like You. Movie review podcast by me, Lonnie, and my girlfriend, Sinead. Hello. We love saying me on here. It's just because we played the Lego. Lego Marvel Super, uh, Superheroes, the first one. And I just used to go around going, Mia Mia. That's what Thor said. <laughs> you know that Odin made a, another me on here for another character? And you know what it was called? What? Stormbreaker. Wouldn't that be great to just name the first one that? No, you like me on here, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> this week we have seen Thor Ragnarok, the latest Thor movie. It's getting a lot of buzz, and quite rightly, because it's a great experience. But is it funny? Is it too funny? You know, that's my, that's my concern. Can I make two disclaimers before we get into this review? Okay, please. First disclaimer, I've been a bit sick so if my voice sounds really gross, sorry. Oh, yeah, we haven't replaced today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not some kind of, like, replicant. <laughs> Where am I? It's the kind of thing replicant How would you say. know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll try not to be too mucusy right directly into the microphone, but just ignore me if you hear someone, like, spluttering and dying in the background. Second disclaimer, we're going to get into spoilers. So if you haven't seen Thor Ragnarok and you want to see it spoiler-free, although I don't know how you have been able to manage not being spoiled, so far, oh. because we were spoiled. Yeah. Just click off, listen to us a different time. Right. Now, the film. I feel kind of bad about nitpicking it and saying things that I don't like about it because I kind of feel like Tyker's our friend because he's from New Zealand. I know yeah. this is irrational, <laughs> but I feel like I really love him and I love all his movies and I don't mm-hmm. want to say anything bad about him because he's incredible. Not to mention that it was filmed here in Brisbane in the Gold Coast. I feel an affinity to this film. Mm-hmm. Am I one of those people, like, if this was a jury, I'd be kicked off because I've got a personal stake in the Probably. Thing. We actually saw them. We saw the set they filmed on in Brisbane City when it was locked off. We didn't actually see the filming. but No. So basically we were in it. And Tiger's Basically, Tiger's our best friend. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just uh, hit us up anytime you want to. <laughs> Collab. So uh, you've seen the second Thor film because we watched that one together. Yes. But you haven't really seen the first one. I don't think I have. But you might have because sometimes you don't know. Look, to be honest, superhero movies before Lonnie, they're a bit of a blur. I don't know what I've seen. I don't know when I've seen it. I I don't really remember much. 
See, everyone seems to hate the second one. I thought it was fine. I thought it was just as good as the other movie. So, you know, what do I know? You know what I struggle with the superhero films? It's like they release a Thor, right? And then they release an Avengers, which then impacts that storyline. And then they release something else, but then you've got to remember that that's, like, relevant. And then they'll have Thor 2. You've got to go back to that one. Like, here's what I want. I want Thor 1, 2, 3, then Avengers 1, 2, 3, then Captain 1, 2, 3. I don't want them mixed and mingled. It's too confusing. That's how they are in the cinematic universe. Oh, God. That's kind of cool, isn't it, how they can have one Thor and then he sees the Avengers and that affects what happens in the next Thor? No. Well, it's different if you're watching, just watching the Thor films, it won't make much sense, but I think they figure most people are watching all the movies. Well, see, that's the thing, though. When you, when you have to re-watch, do you have to re-watch in the order that they were released? Well, you can and just have little... They should have, like, in the comics, sometimes they have little bits when they reference another story that's happened they have a little box that says for more information see amazing spider-man number three and then he yeah yeah that. in the That'd movies they in there should have that yeah a little pop-up box in the middle in the, in the corner of the screen like an annotated this happened edition. in avengers oh age of ultron yes yeah. that would be really helpful for me producers can you get on that please on the dvds that'd be actually that'd be cool, awesome hmm. anyway yes thor he's the he's a norse god also there's an ice guard and he's kind of like a Alien. Anyone who listens to this podcast is going to know who Thor is. Well, no, I'm just setting the scene. And then this That's movie, it. he's been chasing after the Infinity Stones. But then he comes back to Asgard, finds out that buddy Odin's almost dead. Turns out Odin was actually a bad guy all along. Uh, I don't know. <sighs> and Loki, who has been like a big bad the last few movies, especially in Avengers, is kind of like, comic relief all of a sudden yeah i didn't really get that i really struggled with the fact that like it was this big setup at the last film where it was like oh like he's pretending to be odin and oh my god mm. what consequences is this gonna have and no. the answer is nothing you're just sitting around you're just sitting around and then thor comes back and he's a bit annoyed but also meh it's fine yeah mm, weird which leads to odin dying and it turns out odin's life force was holding back kate blanchett playing Hela, who was also Thor's sister, I was evil. feel like this whole movie was retconning Thor. To the point where they actually made fun of the other movies by having a play. Yes. But teasing it. I don't, I've said this before on the podcast and I'm going to say it again. I'll say it to my dying breath. Two things. One, this dress has pockets. It's a reference to my Twitter. Also two, <laughs> you can't make fun of the thing and also be the thing. You can't because it doesn't make any sense. And also Tyker's like, oh, just forget everything you know about Thor. Forget everything you know about who this is. And I struggle with that because I don't know that you can just change the whole look, feel, characterization, whatever of this story and say, oh, yeah, everything you've seen before, just forget about it. Didn't happen. Don't worry about it. Like what are we on this fucking journey for then? Well, especially when they they are like picking and choosing which elements they are keeping. Exactly. It's not like they just forget everything. It's not like Daniel Craig is taken over and it's a new exactly. Bond film. Exactly. But then, you know, to contradict myself, what's the solution then? You know you're headed on a really boring, samey path and you have to keep doing it just for the sake of it? Well, I don't think that's the right answer either. I'm okay when things make sense that they've changed. Yeah. Like, I didn't really mind that Thor was a bit funnier because it makes sense that he is... He's not a Shakespearean god like he was in the first few movies mm. because he's 
lived on Earth and he's had different experiences. Mm. Other things didn't quite make sense to me, some of the characterization. I thought, like I'm skipping ahead, I thought the Hulk was a bit like Mark Ruffalo when he was Bruce Banner, didn't really fit with how he was in the other movies. Well, no. His... But I guess that is also explained because he's been the exactly. Hulk for ages and stuff. But... Exactly. And, and Loki, like before he was like a mastermind, almost took over the Earth, and now he is basically just a shadow of himself from before. I, I know, partly different issue. And again, I don't I like the movie, so just, you know, these are broad points that mm. some things didn't quite fit well with me. But, you know, on the other hand, they worked really well in the film, so it's like the smallest issue. Yeah. But in TV they talk about a thing called uh, flanderization, and it's a reference to Ned Flanders from The Simpsons, when early on characters have certain traits, but then as the series goes on and on, they get exaggerated, and, you know, a character might have been a bit dim-witted at first, and then by season 10 they're... An absolute idiot mm, who don't doesn't mm. know simple things, you know. The idea that you know become less a, nuanced then and more caricatures. Yeah, exactly. It just become exaggerations of what they used to be. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that was. I think definitely. Here. Definitely, it's funny because I, I enjoyed the film, but also, uh, I don't know. I guess it depends what you want from film. Do you want film to just be a, a thing that you go see in the cinema for two hours and then forget about it for the rest of your life and it has no impact, or do you mm. want it to be? Something that's trying something, I was going to say trying something new and innovating, and I guess what this was. But... Yeah, in a way it is doing that, but to the point where it almost felt like a big joke, the whole thing, which on one hand, great. It's great having seeing something that's fun and it makes you laugh. We did laugh a lot during the movie. Mm. But then on another level, it's like, what was the point of it? It's just a joke. Like, how many times yes. can you laugh at the joke? Yeah. Once, usually. I feel like... In all the interviews we've seen with Taika, he said, understandably, seems to be quite defensive about people saying that the film's too funny because mm. he's like, well, everything's doom and gloom at the moment. Don't you want a bit of humour? What's wrong with being funny? That kind of thing. And I get that, definitely. But I'm not sure it either worked or was necessary in the film. Um, something that you said that I thought was really interesting is that not every character needs to be Taika Waititi. And this movie felt like every character, even the ones that we've seen before, like Thor, Thor and Loki and the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> they all seem like they've come through the, you know, the Taika Waititi, I don't know, lens or something like Like when they have it, obviously. But yeah. I feel like you could have new characters in there being funny or, or some characters could be funny, but... Every single character had to have a little quip. Yeah. And that that's actually what they will say about the Joss Whedon Avengers movies, that mm. every single character was quippy and funny and whatever, even the ones who probably shouldn't, shouldn't be. be. Mm. So, yeah, it just got to the point where it was too much at some points, you know? Well, I think because it was too much and it was happening all the time, it fell flat and eventually we mm. weren't laughing or chuckling or even doing a little huh kind of thing. Mm. I don't know if it's true or not, but Tiger said that 80% of the dialogue was improvised. And for me, I don't know, for me that just sends warning bells off in my mind because mm. what is the point in having a script writer, in having someone who has studied writing, narrative structure, knows how to write stuff, what's the point in even having a script to this film? You well, know? That's the thing. It's the balance between having the story and the dialogue and every set out mm. and then 
seeing what works on the day when you're filming it. Yes. And it's the balance, the fight between those two impulses. But I think sometimes what seems funny on the day to people who are there doesn't always yeah. translate and to people later. And that leads me to my next point. I feel like the whole film was sort of an inside joke yeah. for the people who were there and, the you know, everyone involved in the film. And I'm not sure that translated to sitting in the cinema a year later watching no. them. Not not every joke did. No. The jokes that land are great mm. and it is a joyful experience. And mm. on the whole, you know, the colours, the, the storyline doesn't take itself too seriously and, and just Thor and Hulk banter is great. But you're right, I'm not sure how it'll hold up those jokes that would have seemed hilarious on the day. Mm. I think... I loved the film when I was watching it and after I was like, oh, that was so cool and I was in this kind of buzz. And it's that kind of thing where it sort of wears off over the next few days and you mm. understand, but hang on, that didn't really make sense. And why was she there and why did this happen like that? And I feel like it was kind of hiding all those things in colour and, mm. and humour and all this fun stuff without addressing the actual problems in the story. Well, a couple of things I can remember. Um, there's a bit when Doctor Strange is there some reason and Thor picks up something that Doctor Strange like a little dagger statue thing that Doctor Strange has mm -hmm. and then he can't put it down and everything falls around him and like it's great that Chris Hemsworth can do physical humor but it just didn't it wasn't funny it wasn't Thor that wasn't humorous to me that was like something you'd see mm. in a slapstick sort of comedy yeah I said that to and you that it seemed a lot slapsticky and, yeah. and I just don't think the way to do comedy is to make every single moment comedic I think comedy works best when it's offset by drama but then they tried to have really dramatic moments in this film, and that's what I think what graded on me. Mm. They were making fun of, I have my hammer and it spins and it's really cool, but then also spins his hammer and defeats someone. Like, I just, mm. I don't know. I think I've, I've read before, and it obviously doesn't work in all scenarios, but it's the idea that characters are a lot funnier when they don't realise they're being funny. Mm, mm -hmm. And in this movie, a lot of the characters were, Winking at the audience, being like, "Hey, I'm telling a joke now." Oh, absolutely! Isn't this a funny quip I've got? Yeah, yeah. I think I said to you that sometimes the humor works better when it is it's grounded in the story somehow. It's logical. Mm. And so the idea that so some of the things that um, Korg was saying mm. was just funny, like, "Hey, so here is a joke because I'm a comedic character." Yes, it didn't quite work. But the things like when beginning of the movie when Thor is in the cage and he's like. Oh, I bet you're wondering how I got here. Here's a reference to that old trope of starting a movie like that and you know, working your way backwards. But then it turns out Thor is actually talking to the skeleton. Yeah. yeah. So it was playing with our audience, subverting our expectations, but mm. having a funny thing because he's talking to somebody. Exactly. And the jaw fell off the skeleton. That was funny, I thought. Yeah. I was into that. But you're right, then later on Thor's got a bit where he's like, oh, I've got a hammer and it goes, and it's really funny. And he just kept saying it over and over, trying to yeah. ring a joke out of something that wasn't yeah. that funny, but I can see everyone giggling on set because Chris Hemsworth was doing something funny. Yeah, I know. I don't know if it really yeah. worked. Yeah. My biggest gripe with the film, and I'm surprised with myself, was the Korg character because we knew that it was Taika and we went into it. We love him so much, love all his films. Yeah. And love his aff affectation. But it got to the point where that character had to make a comment on every single thing that happened. And the thing that guided me is that I feel like what happens in the last scene or the last sequence of the film is what stays with you when you leave. 
you don't really remember the stuff at the beginning, but you remember that last scene, right? It's like burnt into your mind. And I feel like having him be like, oh, no, this guy's dead. He's been dead the whole time. Fine, funny, sure. But then it's not just one thing. It's another thing. He has to come back. Oh, no, he's not dead. What, what were you saying? To me, you're just undercutting the whole film. Yeah. You're just saying this whole film was a waste of your time. It's all a joke. It's all a joke that Asgard's gone, that people have died, you know. And then that's fine if you're doing it that way, but then you can't have a shot of all the people watching their home be destroyed, looking distraught and expecting me to feel something when you're giving me mixed messages and then the next thing you're telling me to just laugh it off. Yeah, the, the tone's a bit off there, wasn't it? I think with Korg, I, I loved most things he said, but it was a diminishing returns. Yes. Every time yeah. he came back and it was a little bit less funny, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I was thinking about that and... and so the way some of the humour was done in the movie was great and we laughed at it. Mm. Other times it was undercutting what just happened and the tension that we just had or the, the moment we just had. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about it, and I, I said this to you, I'll say it again for the listeners. You know, in, in Star Wars, in the first one, they've just defeated the Death Star and everything is good. They're going to get medals for it. Mm-hmm. If this was done by Thor and like, and this it was done as, it, as it, things were done in um, Thor Ragnarok, as they're walking down to get their medals... Chewie would have fallen over and Han Solo would have farted, you know, yeah. and then and then there would have been someone like, oh, look at him, look at him go, ha, ha, ha. And it would have actually undercut everything that happened to it. Yeah. But it doesn't. It doesn't. And that movie works so well and it's such a great ending because mm. the moment is treated in the right way. Yeah. I think maybe the film, I feel like the film has been so conscious of not taking itself so seriously that yeah. it's gone too far in the other direction yeah. where it's not taking anything seriously. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, and I'm just not sure it worked. I, so here's it, the thing. I, I'm sure it worked for the masses, and as I said, I quite enjoyed it, but I'm not sure it worked on, a, like, a technical... Well, it worked as a comedy film. It worked as yes. a spoof of superhero films. I'm not sure it worked as a superhero film mm. in general. I did like it, though, and I would like to see Taika probably do another Thor film. Mm. But I think it just is that balancing act between the seriousness and the comedy, and this one went too far the other way. Mm. Just one more point. It's going to have people talking about Guardians of the Galaxy because mm. it's similar because it's jokey in space and whatever. But in Guardians of the Galaxy, thinking back to the first one, spoiler alert, at the end when Peter saves the day, he saves it by dancing. He has to dance yes. off with the bad guy. Yes. And that is so funny, and it fits with the character, and it fits with the moment. Yes, it fits with his character because he's been doing that the whole time. Like, yeah. that's who he's been from day one that we met him. And he gets his friends who he's just made, the Guardians, and they all dance as well. Yes. And that's how he solves the day. And it's such a good moment because it works. It's not just a funny little skit. Yeah. It's not just Taika, you know, ad-libbing something on the day, which it seemed mm. like some of mm. Cork stuff was. And that's just another example of, of no, incorporating it logically into the story, making it. It's so much better that way. I feel like in some ways Guardians, number one, was the best thing to happen to superhero films and also the worst. Yeah, it was a shot in the arm in some ways. But because, also... because it worked so well and it was so incredible and so different to what we'd seen before, mm. with big loud music and colours and people making jokes and it was so cool. I think every other film since then, superhero-wise, is trying to replicate that instead of trying to do their own thing. We saw it work horribly in Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this, they're just trying to do Guardians. They're all trying so hard to do Guardians because they know how successful it was and how great it was. And I don't think you can recreate something. Stop trying mm. to recreate something. Stop trying to tap into that. Just do your own thing. Be something different and something new. Stop trying to copy. 
people say sort of thing they take sort of snide comments about the DC movies, and I'm, I know I'm a bit of an apologist for them because I liked Man of Steel and yeah, and Batman vs Superman. I know they're not great, but not spectacular, but they're still pretty good. But at least they're doing something different. At least they're trying to be a movie about something. Yeah. For better or worse, and and sometimes it's worse. I loved Thor Ragnarok in, in lots of ways, but what was it about? Was it just about Thor being funny? It was just about having a good time, I think. Is the thing. Yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. But to say that that is inherently better mm. than a, a darker Batman movie, not necessarily the case. And it's not necessarily the case that a dark Batman movie is better just because it's dark. Yeah. But I think people are being like, oh, don't you want to go have a good time at the movies? I know. Well, See? Yeah, sure. You can... That's not what the argument's about, though. A movie can't be everything to all people. But exactly. I don't know that just because Thor is funny or Guardians of the Galaxy has lots of music and it doesn't mm. mean it's just better, does mm-hmm. it? No. It's how it works well. And in the first Guardians, it worked great. Second Guardians didn't really pull it off. No. Me, so. It, what you said that just then reminded me of two things, actually, yeah. that you said. One was that... Um, talking about genre cycles and the fact that we as a society, I guess, um, pull back from a lot of campier Adam West kind of superheroes because we didn't like them. Yeah. Because they're being too silly. Batman and Robin 1990s killed Batman, killed superhero movies. Exactly. And so we had And so we went to dark. We went to Nolan and lots of black and And seriousness. X-Men and stuff. And now we're trying to have, and now we're trying to have this like, resurgence of happy campy things it's like we've forgotten that we didn't we didn't respond to that or i don't know it's just cycles isn't it the other thing it reminded me of was the thing that you said and i can't remember it verbatim so you'll have to jump in Mm -hmm. but it was about the fact that whether you go to a film to watch people changing or yourself change yeah something i heard recently and it was the difference between film and tv the idea is that when you watch a TV show, you establish a relationship with these characters that is supposed to go for a couple of years, a couple of seasons. And the last, you know, 15 years or so since we've been in the third age of TV, the golden age of TV, we have been seeing characters change. Think of Sopranos, think of Mad Men, think of Breaking Bad. Yep. They're not, so, you know, old TV used to be the comfort of watching people in a sitcom not really changing you go see them, you drop in once a week and have a good time and then yeah. you see you next week and they're the same. More recently, TV has more been about taking a nice teacher and turning him into a criminal mm-hmm. mastermind, mm-hmm. breaking that. So the difference with, with film supposedly is that you go, you physically leave your house, you go into a big dark room with other people and watch a massive screen and the experience can change you. Not to say TV can't change you watching it or the characters in a film don't change because obviously they do often. But there is that difference that going to the TV, going to the cinema should be a transformative experience for you mm. because it's a physical thing you do. Yeah, and then building on that, if we're going to have the DC-Marvel argument, which I don't think we need to, but films like that that are darker, they're, at least they're trying to change you. At least they're trying to deal with morals and humanity and base themselves in sort of a semi-realistic world where they ask the question, what would people do Mm. if this happened? It's about psychology. It's about sociology. It's about, you know, the response and on a humanity level. And I don't think 
well, for example, Thor's not, Thor Ragnarok's not trying to do that. I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. That's fine. It doesn't have to do that. But I think sometimes that's forgotten. I feel like it's almost on its high horse and like, well, we're not even going to try and do that so then we can make fun of it. There is that, it's, yeah, they disregard for yes. that sort of thing. Yeah. I read a review, I think it was on Den of Geek with Thor Ragnarok, and it talked about how the film doesn't even care about some of the plot points. It just, like, mm. introduces Kate Blanchett and yeah. doesn't really seem interested in her. No, because it, it spends half the movie with Thor and Hulk, right? Yeah, it's more interested in, in the Thor and Hulk buddy movie. And that's okay. Like, that's that's fine. And I really enjoyed that. So, but you're right. It, it I feel like make it that, though. If, you, if you're if you interested in that, make it that. Don't make it the Kate Blanchett thing. You said to me, you saw someone on Twitter, every time we went back to Kate on Asgard, yeah. it was like, meanwhile, meanwhile back on at Asgard. Asgard. She's doing this. The other thing I think the film didn't really care about, it was just we needed a reason for Thor to get back to Asgard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the guys will have a revolution. We won't see it. We'll just tell yeah, you. Yeah, we won't was, see anything, yeah. We'll just tell you what happened. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's it's... I, I totally agree with what you're saying there about, like, at least the other movies are, are trying something else, trying to be more than that. Mm. But this movie's kind of a, You could make the argument it's saying, oh, we're just going to have a good time and those movies are stupid for trying yes. to be something more. Yes. And I don't know that, like, it sounds like we're being really critical of our best friend and favourite <laughs> uncle, Taka Waititi. And it's, like, it's such a bad thing to say because he has brought lots of joy into this movie. Exactly. And reinvigorated this franchise. And I can see... Um, Chris Hemsworth coming back to do more Thor movies. I get the feeling that Chris Evans doesn't really like being in Captain America, but everyone in this movie is having time in their lives, yeah. don't they? So yeah. it's a great experience. And, uh, you know, as I said, lots of things to like about the movie, but lots of things that weren't so good as well. It's like, yeah, you had a good time, but it doesn't mean it was mm. a 10 out of 10 movie. Can I just talk a little bit about um, how we were spoiled and how that affected our view of the film? So... We avoided the uh, sort of longer length trailer yeah. at Tyker's, you know. Did, did he say advice. that? Or was that the other day? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's a good. Thought it'd be anyway. a bit spoilery. Um, so we're doing our thing, long listeners of the podcast. So we're trying not to watch trailers because I'm sick of getting spoiled. However, we got spoiled inadvertently. Bloody Tommy Little on the project here in Australia spoiled that Kate Blanchett was his sister. Just on live TV, can't really do much about that. Yep. And also we saw an interview with Hazel Hayes, who I really like. She's a YouTuber and a filmmaker with Taika, and they kind of spoiled the Rainbow Bridge scene sequence, which is incredible. And, yes, the music was great, and, yeah, it was superheroes being awesome, and being spoiled didn't really... They spoiled the play as well. Yes, didn't really take away my experience of that. Play within a play... That that was incredible. I love that sequence. And Matt Damon was great and Sam Neill. Like it was just it was funny, sure. It would have been better to know. It would better to not know about it. The thing though about Kate Blanchett being his sister, I actually think worked in our favour being spoiled. Because I had time in the lead up to watching the film to prepare for that. How it's dealt with in the film is oh yeah, Odin's dead. We're in this mystical, like, rock land, cliffs of Denver something. Dover, isn't it? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's supposed to be in Norway because that's where the right. Norse, Norse okay, are sure. from. Yeah. Didn't, I think the idea, the idea in the comics, at least, I'm not sure if it translated well into the movies, was that the Thor and Odin and Loki 
of the Norse mythology yep. that the Vikings had was actually them being on Earth thousands of years ago, and they kill people and were like heroes to the Norse people, the Vikings, ah, back okay. thousands of years ago. And then it turns out they're actually real, but because of time differences and space and whatever. Sure, you know. sure, sure. But I don't know if it actually works in the movies, but yeah. Anyway, my point is yes. he dies immediately and then immediately Kate's like, hey, I'm your sister, and then we're just on this yeah. ride. Yeah, it was so fast. I think, that, I think I really would have struggled following that if mm. I hadn't already gotten used to that idea because it was so poorly handled and so quick mm. and just moving on, I you know. Definitely agree. Just side note, what was Odin's plan? He didn't tell anybody about this. this didn't tell anybody. Sister. Wouldn't have told them unless they came. So he was just going to die one day and Kate was going to turn up and like try and take over and yeah. they would have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. The other thing that we were spoiled was Mjolnir getting destroyed. Which that was in the trailer. was in the trailer and I'd seen so many times and, oh, my God, how amazing would that scene have been if we didn't know? It wouldn't. Everyone would have talked about that afterwards. If they had known about it. It would have been yeah. one of the moments of the film. It would have been. But instead it was a, oh, cool, that's coming up in the movie. I'm going to see in a year's time. It almost felt like a checklist, didn't it, when you were watching the film? You're waiting yeah. for this bit to happen. Yep, cool, moving on, well, this bit and next. The movies that I've seen the trailer for many times, when I actually go get around to watching the movie, mm. all I'm doing in my head is like thinking about the next bit and how it'll link to the yeah. bit in the trailer. Yeah. You're not actually experiencing the movie because you're, Mm. Yeah, you're filling out a checklist of stuff mm. you've already seen. In terms of characterization of Kate's character, I didn't think she was very strong at all. She's evil because she's evil and she wanted to take over because she wanted to and why? And... That's the thing. It's spoiler alert for Sherlock season three. Basically the same plot. Secret sister comes yeah, out of nowhere basically. and is evil. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's fine, but, you know, the the... The sudden shock of a secret sibling is fine, but I just think that... we're kind of over that device, aren't we, as audiences? Like, it just seems so boring. Well, but Thor doesn't really care about it because he doesn't know about her. He had, like, three yeah. scenes with her. Yeah. His battle with Loki had been established over a couple of movies. Yeah. And by the time it got to the Avengers, it's actually good because Loki had the personal mm. connection to mm. him and Loki actually interacted with all of the heroes in the Avengers. In... Yes, so... You know that was that was handled well in the film in, when it, Bruce went up to him and said, "Last time I saw you, you were trying to kill all of us. Like, yeah, what's the itch? Yeah. That was good." In this one, Kate wouldn't have even met Mark Ruffalo probably <laughs> on set. Probably not. No. Or Valkyrie, who was cool. She was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Bugbear, I have not about her in particular, but all characters in all movies and TV shows that I've seen recently, just drinking as a plot. Yeah. Device as characterization, so so weird. Don't do it. It's been done millions of times. I used to watch a show called Justified, which was really good, but it was about like basically modern day Western about law enforcement in Kentucky. And every single character was always drinking whiskey, and it was like mm-hmm. spent half the show just drinking stuff. I'm yeah, like, Ugh, so so silly. I reckon. Yeah. Sorry, but I hate that. I think it's funny that uh, Kate Blanchett got a dialogue coach for her English accent. And Chris, not gone too far, can't, can't get him a, a dialect coach for his horrible English accent that he slips into Australian every second word. Yeah. We've just gone too far with him, have we? Is that, is that where yeah. we're at? Kind of. It's okay he doesn't now, though. We're all used to it. Well, we're all, we're used, all to used to it. how bad it is. Yeah. What did you think of 
Jeff Goldblum in the film? Because I personally thought he was completely wasted. I did think he was wasted because he didn't... He was, was he antagonist or was he just kind of, he put Thor into the one battle and that was it. That's all we pretty much saw of him. Yep. I would have had liked more of him to be a real antagonist and for Thor to actually go up against him a few times. Mm. And I thought his, his bits when he was just riffing by himself, when he was like the big um, the hologram, hologram projection, that was so funny. Yeah. And he's great and he just, he's just being Jeff Goblin basically. Mm-hmm. Didn't like him at all with the other characters interacting with the other characters, especially uh, Rachel House, who was also is Taka Watiti favorite. She's also in Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah, they didn't work at all. No, their little riffing bits. No, see that's a great example of what you were saying earlier of humor not working for every character. And a lot of the time it was like, well, what? Why did you say that? And something that I said to you about that bit where. Jeff Goblin was going to say that Valkyrie, you're the best, and then she called her something else and was like, did you want to say that the whole time? That felt to me like something Taika Waititi had thought or said in a different circumstance Mm. and had put that dialogue in someone else's mouth. And that's why I think it was so unnatural because it didn't suit Jeff Goblin's delivery. It didn't suit his sense of humour. It didn't suit his character. It was a very Taika thing put in someone else's mouth, and I think that's the case for a lot of the humour in this film from characters that aren't like that, suddenly trying to mm. have this very specific set of humour, this very specific mm. delivery of humour, this very dry humour that's quite New Zealand, Australian, you know, dark comedy kind of thing. And it just doesn't work. It doesn't work in the mouth of someone who isn't humorous like that. Jeff Goldblum's character was someone who should have been funny but didn't know he was funny. He's ridiculous. He's wearing bloody blue eyeliner and is all dressed up in gold mm. and stuff, you know. He's he's stupid. I didn't, didn't think his humour was in the the weird missed communication things like yes. in an improv scenario. Yes. It didn't really fit. Yeah, yeah. I think in like what we do in The Shadows, that worked mm. well because it was a mockumentary yes. and also because all those guys had performed together before. Yes, Jermaine there was Clement a sense and, of camaraderie and they, and they could, could bounce it. off each other. They could do it much better. I don't know. You can't force that sort of thing. No. And often those those bits felt like, oh, the humour here is that this is an awkward moment and then we just forget it and move on. Yeah, but, yeah. Mm, yeah. I feel like they seemed like to have much more fun doing that kind of stuff, right, rather than the Kate Blanchett storyline. So why not take that out? Why not have it all on this other planet, have mm. many fights, have Jeff Goldblum be your antagonist, then you've got your buddy film that you want, you've got the humour that you want. like Make it. Just about just make it that. getting home. Make it about mm. him getting home. I don't know that, like, these storylines could have coexisted like throughout no one, the whole film and yeah. didn't affect each other at all. So you're making mm. two halves of a film instead of just one good film. My gut feeling is that it was a studio thing and we needed to have her introduced and all this stuff. We didn't see her die, so it's possible that she could come back, blah, 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 blah. But I think that does such a disservice to, like, yeah. What they they had a little nugget of gold there, and unfortunately they couldn't capitalize on it because it was what you love saying that. You said it the last few podcasts. Have I really? A nugget of gold. Well, that was a nugget of gold. I was really surprised that they took out Thor's eye because mm. you can't really go back from that. You can't really undo that. You can't oh. retcon an eye. Sure, you can. can you retcon an eye? <laughs> well, you can get him a bionic eye though. I want to do that in the future. I guess so. There are ways. Yeah, I think it's cool though, because he's like Odin, who had one eye. 
Yeah, but I don't... It's like he's king now. I didn't think it was necessary. I thought every, every person who becomes leader of no, Asgard has to... I think it's a law. I think be it's Be amputated more, somehow. I think it was more of a metaphorical thing. Right. Also, I'm surprised you haven't said your biggest gripe with the film, where we've had however many films saying Asgard's this beautiful place, Asgard's this beautiful place, and now all of a sudden Asgard's the people. Yeah, that didn't work at all for me because you're yeah, literally... All everyone talks about Asgard is, is how beautiful it is. And yeah. it is. I love Asgard. It's cool. I'd like to go there one day. But <laughs> it's not the people, is it? Because Thor doesn't give a shit about the people. Thor, when he's back on Asgard, talks to his dad and his mum until they're dead. And Loki, he has a couple friends in Heimdall. That's all. He doesn't care about the people. Yeah. People don't care about him. They're just a mass of, of CGI or a few extras. Literally, know? there was a paragraph long credit for crowds background crowds yeah they're not even real people that like i don't know it was just such a telling thing it's not like you know spider-man is really defending you know queens and new york yeah this connection to the city that a lot of these superheroes have asgard's buddy thor spends half his time not in asgard in exactly movies, pissing exactly. off to earth or <laughs> buddy saka or whatever it was called yeah yeah, yeah. But, like, I didn't mind the idea of having Asgard in the spaceship or Asgard coming to Earth and trying, like, mm. if that's going to happen in the next movie. That's kind of mm. cool. I have a horrible feeling, though, what's going to happen in Infinity Wars, the next Avengers, is that Thanos is going to turn up with his Infinity Stones or whatever. There'll be some battle. Somehow he'll be defeated, and then using those stones, they'll bring back Asgard and bring back everything and, like, wreck yeah. on the whole universe, and then we'll, you know, have Iron Man... One reboot again. Literally, that's over. what's going to happen, you know. Mm. So boring thinking about it like that. But um, Most important question, what did you think of the Stanley cameo, this movie? It was okay. It's pretty funny. It wasn't that bad, actually, <laughs> in this one. I see the last film he was in that we saw, what would that have been? Guardians 2? No, in Spider-Man. Homecoming. Oh, that's right. He was yeah. The neighbor. Now it seems to have like this whole scene, this whole like second storyline, so Stan Lee can be involved. But mm. I actually liked this one. It was just a little thing, and it was fine. I, I like the idea. Someone said on the internet once that, like, Stan Lee is quite old, and God bless him, he probably won't be around much longer. And so what they should do is just get him in front of a green screen, saying a variety of lines and doing a variety of things. Look, it's so not they a can bad just, idea. They can just <laughs> plug him in anywhere forever. <laughs> Something little that I just wanted to touch on, and we can totally cut it out of the podcast if it's not interesting, but we actually saw two members of our family the day when we saw Thor, and both of them let out a little chuckle when they asked what we saw. It was like, oh, we've just been to the movies. What are you seeing? Thor. Oh, yeah. And I wonder, and I asked this of you, but I'm going to ask it of the audience as well, if you think this is part of a larger idea that superhero films aren't real films and that they're a bit of fun and that they're a bit kitty and it's kind of quaint that we adults are seeing this superhero film made for kids kind of thing. Do you think that's where it comes from or do you think it comes from the fact that not everyone likes superhero films? This is like a specific genre or I don't know. I just feel like there's something there in the way people respond to superhero movies. Well, I think you're right. People look down them a bit, especially because superheroes for the older generations were kids' things. Yeah. You read comics when you were a kid, you watch Batman, Adam West Batman when you were a kid, mm-hmm. and then as you get older, you watch adult things or read adult things. Yeah. But to us, that's not the case because these movies are real movies to us. Yeah. And 
in comics, graphic novels are seen as by our generations and in young and mm. millennial sort of people as legitimate forms of writing. So, so do you think it's a generational thing? Then our generation get to experience high quality adult superhero films. Oh yeah, but like plenty of people like who are older like them as well. So it's it's yeah. I guess it's generally a to generalize it be a generational thing, but I think it is also. But there's plenty of people our age who like shit on these movies as well, and that's very and, true. Yeah. So I don't think it, it's every single person, but I think on the whole that could be something. Mm. Also, uh, if you're being generous, you might say that Thor himself is seen as a bit of a silly character compared to someone like Superman or Batman. Yeah. Know? Okay. I get what you mean. Feel like some people, and not people we spoke to, but other people. Would kind of it'd be okay watching a Batman movie because Batman is a cool character, mm. or Superman is quite popular. But like Thor, him, the guy with the hammer, you know, like yeah, that could be mean. something. Mm. On the other hand, though, Thor is also a part of Norse mythology, mm. and so, and he has got he's not just like someone who's invented for a comic book. He's like yeah, cult basically. Yeah. I think there are a few things at play there, but mm. it's a bit hard to call. Well, it it is what they do because it's a big blockbuster film. People look down on it. Mm. You know, it's not exactly Moonlight or something. But on the other hand, um, the superhero films these days are the only ones that make money. Yeah. You know, Avengers made $3 billion or whatever. So I think that's a real film, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I guess, like, we wouldn't probably be – we would probably be similar if someone said, oh, we just went to sort of Transformers or something. So mm. maybe there's a sliding scale of – Mm. how you talk to that but even those films are okay you know i just wanted to touch quickly back on the characterization in the film all right i feel like going back to the sort of inside joke thing and things only being relevant to them i feel like i didn't care about things that they wanted me to care about and wanted to care about things they didn't really play through so for example, Scourge's redemption and his whole story, I could not give a shit about that. I couldn't care less that he was having this internal struggle and then, oh, yeah, he defeated him, you know, sacrificed himself and everything. It's funny you say that you think the filmmakers wanted you to care about that because I didn't think they cared about it either. And that's why it was handled so poorly, Yeah, I thought it was, yeah. You know, yeah, I may as well do this. Because mm. there's no way in the world... Could tell from the beginning he didn't like Kate Blanchett and no. he was just going along with it, and he didn't do anything bad either. He didn't kill anybody. No, he didn't. He was about to, and then yeah. he got stopped by yeah. the crowd. So he didn't actually redeem from anything. That's a good point. Yeah. So it was. Do you think it was kind of them going through the motions of this is what happens now, rather than actually caring about things? Yeah, it's like oh, if, if Kate's doing some bad stuff, it'd be cool if there's someone with her who'll eventually come and redeem yeah. himself and yeah. can give someone. Kate, give Kate someone to talk to as well. Without him, you know, yeah. she's just sitting in a room talking to herself the whole time. And I hate, hate it when it's in these films, but to be fair, I don't know how else to do it, where they have to reveal all this history and, oh, no, I was actually the here the whole time and this is the story and I'll just tell you this one character is in front of me yeah. so the audience can know. doesn't make any sense. And then be cool if you go back and watch the first two films to see if there's any indication of this but i don't know if there will be any indication that they because they weren't thinking of this the whole way and this was a purposeful um i was gonna say derailing but i think that's quite harsh just a sort of purposeful shift in direction 
of how they want these films to play out and how they want Thor as a character to be now. I feel like there were a lot of um, little short film skit things that were released. Was it after the last Thor, before Avengers or something? Before this film. Before this film with um, Chris Hensworth and he was had a roommate named Dave who was, was he New Zealand or Australian or something. Australian. And it was Thor in modern day and being a bit funny. And that Thor in those little marketing campaigns was a very different Thor to what we've seen in the films. And it was sort of getting us ready for this kind of Thor who's funny and a bit silly and a bit um, big, big-headed and doesn't really understand nuance and that kind of thing. I'm not sure if that version of Thor works for a full-length feature film. I wonder if the reason why those little skits worked was because they were very short and it was just this very little thing. Oh, and of course Thor doesn't know how to how to do that because he thinks he's a god and can pay for everything. Sure, that works. I'm not sure extending that joke and pulling that joke out throughout a whole film results in much. I'm not sure we all bought that. What do you think? Yeah, that's what we said before. I mean, that it was the whole film felt like a big skit. Yeah. It felt like a big spoof of stuff. Yeah. Okay, so then what are you going to give it? Probably three because I did really enjoy it, but the more I think about it, the more I find issues with it. But I'd watch it again if it was, like, on TV or something, you know. Mm. And I would like Taika to do more things because I love Taika. I'm just not sure that everything worked in this film as much as they seem to think it worked. Yeah, I'll give it three as well. I think it might be one of those ones that everyone loves now, but they might look back at it in a couple of years and be like, oh, yeah, it's funny the first time. Mm. I wonder if those jokes will still land in repeated watchings. Well, I think that the end of Guardians of the Galaxy will still work and still be funny because yeah. it actually has some emotional weight behind it. Right. Mm. But, yeah, seeing Thor not being able to put the the thing back together in Doctor Strange's office, that won't be funny. No. And the beer thing, he was spilling the beer and moving around, that wasn't funny the first time, so I doubt it's going to be mm. funny the 30th. But anyway, having said that, though, this is still my favourite film out of the two Thor films I've seen. Yeah, I want to go back and watch the other ones. I haven't seen the first one since before Avengers came out. Mm. I think, yeah, we saw the first, the second one together and everyone hates it, but I thought it was okay. So what do I know? All right. If you've liked this podcast, please give it a like, give it a share. Tell your Hulk friend, best BFF green guy thing. This is your call to action. I don't know. Do what you want, I guess. <laughs> Thank you very much. And Taika, we still love you. We love you, Taika. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I liked what you said, that it was cool that Scarlett Johansson's character got Bruce Banner out of the Hulk thing. But also, you're right. It did remind me of how stupid that whole storyline is. First, she was set out to be with Hawkeye. Then she was set out to be with Captain America. And then, out of nowhere, Mark Ruffalo in... Banner. And also Hawkeye's what? got a family this whole time that no one's ever spoken about. And Chris Evans going to have it off, Captain America's going to have it off with his lover's niece or something? No, I don't even know. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.